Uh, there's a big story uh, in the world of acting agencies and uh, voiceover artists. And uh, well, Dan, you know, you you why don't you present this? Because it does. I mean, and and why would we talk about it? Because it just goes to show you how tentative the lives of uh, people that create content for us are. Uh, yeah, Dan. there's there's a, a guy that's been charged. Uh, there was a an ad or a, a talent One thing agency I will tell called. You is- Oh, sorry. That's Kevin McCarthy. Sorry, I apologize. Oh well, of course, of course, he'd come up here. <laughs> sorry, a Kevin McCarthy. About fraud. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, let's give some background about how agents work. So, you would think that, like, as a ta- as a as a talent, I would get paid directly, and I'd pay ten percent or whatever, fifteen percent to my agent. Right? Question, by the way, and Fred, do you do you think if you're if you're interested in, this, in the states, does that happen? Like, because I think most people imagine from movies and TV shows that if you're the talent, a check comes to you, and then you pay your agent. But in fact, no, that's not how it works. No, no, it's the other way around. That's the whole agent agreement. Yes. So, Dan, continue. So the way it happens in the United States, uh, the Screen Actors Guild uh, and AFTRA, not ACTRA, AFTRA, there's a regulation there that you can't charge a, a talent more than 10% for your services. Okay. Um, in Canada, I think it's around 15% is generally the, the what the agents get. And, and so like you get uh, a job through your agent, the agent then gets the money directly from the whoever hired you and then takes their... 15% and then sends the rest of the money to you on kind of a weekly basis. And that's just how the system works. So the, there's a trust account that the agent uh, is not supposed to make any money on. Sure. All the money goes into that account. So what this company apparently did, because this guy's facing fraud charges, um, is held on to that money and used it for his own purposes and did not pay the talent. Now, is this just for context, too? This story broke a year ago because it came to light through some friends of ours uh, with, with both Dan and I had conversations with them. And, and the story actually was in the Globe and Mail about this time last year that the, yes. uh, that these things were suspected. And now... This guy's been charged with fraud, and it's quite big for, you know, I mean, this you want to talk about, you know, maybe not the sexy American millions, but it's $600,000 they've been accused of defrauding actors out of, which is a lot of dough. Sure and it is. It, it's several. What I read, it's several, like at eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars so it's a whole bunch of people. And, you know, to struggling actors, that's a lot of money, obviously. A lot I of saw money. one girl's out like $15,000. Well, that's huge for the people that are affected. Absolutely. Especially when you think, uh, and, you know, we're not all Dan Duran in this business. You know, the average no. voiceover. I mean, who knows what Dan's, you know, cooking. But uh, the average Canadian, you know, voiceover talent or on-air talent, you know, I wouldn't. I couldn't guess, but I would say it's it's not much. It's ten thousand. The average actor in Canada is making ten or fifteen thousand a year, on average. I mean, I'm, the bigger ones are making sixty, eighty, a hundred. But a lot of there's a lot of people out there that this is you know a, a pretty significant part of their income. Yeah, and it's a little bit insidious because you don't necessarily know when the money's coming in because you know you worked. But and they're supposed to be paying you within a certain period of time, and then the agent pays you right after that. So you don't necessarily see when that payment comes through. 
So it, it, the, the, the agent could have said, hey, you know what? It's, I haven't seen any money right. or they're, you know, whatever. Well, they'll have to pay, you know, an interest charge or something like that, but I haven't seen the money yet. And it used to be that uh, residuals, and that's like when after you do the job and then a commercial or movie happens and then later you get some money back based on box office or whatever – those residual payments, you'd never used to see the, them coming in. Like, you didn't know that they were showing up because it's so complicated to, to work out. Mm-hmm. And then what the union recently started doing is sending you an email saying that uh, there is a residual payment on the way, just so you know. So this sort of explains how he could have, because that's one of the questions I asked when the, when the story first broke is, you know, I have, I'm, you know, I've had an agent for years and, you know, I get the odd job and, you know, sometimes it, it's, it's a delayed payment, but not delayed for months. Like some of these people that were owed 10 and $15,000, like they would have been calling that agency like daily to find out where their dough is. And this guy, again, you know, you wonder about the mind of people that can do this. Like he knew, he knew he was ripping people off that needed that two and $3,000 that was waiting for them. It's, you know, it's just unbelievable, really. It's the whole evildoer syndrome. Yes, it is evildoer syndrome. No, I think the same way. You know, when people just steal other people's property, you know, or try to rip somebody off with a phone scam, it's like the people you're ripping off worked hard for what they have, and you just want to come and take it. Now, look at this guy. There's probably a story behind him in some of the uh, the talent that were affected by this guy. It's what you said. You know, they were sending him emails. What's going on? What's going on? Next thing they hear, he's fired. And then the flags really go up. But now, then it takes a year for them to determine that there was actual, um, you know, the law was broken here. Yeah. And charges have been filed. So those people obviously haven't seen that money for the past year. Will they ever see it? That's my question. Do, do they, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> In this situation, he spent, is it 600 grand? He spent yeah. most of that money. So how does the crown, if he is found to be guilty of fraud or defrauding these people, how do they get the money out of him? They probably don't. But, I it's mean, all- they, he would have to owe it. It's on the books, but for the rest of his life, he would have to pay it uh, once he gets out of jail. But, you know, is he ever going to get a job that, that could, yeah. you know, cover it? They're fact. I mean, the the, the uh, company's gone out of business. You know, that's all, uh, you know, hookers and blow. It's gone. It's well, gone. There, there was two people involved. And unfortunately, one of them is a legitimate is somebody that we sort of vaguely know through some friends was a legitimate agent. She was, you know, quite well thought of in Toronto. The one that did the ripping off. He was a he had a different reputation and it was it was her brother, I believe. And uh, I don't know, Dan, that he was an agent really. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Maybe he was originally, but maybe in, he was just the money man, you know, whatever he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just when I've heard that I've heard the story now over the course of a year, I've just felt bad for all those people that, you know, that's a lot of dough. You know, when they talk about the U.S., uh, you know, government shutting down. It's those people that are affected who live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know, it's not easy, and especially if you're in this city, Toronto, and three or four grand coming in every few months makes a little, you know, difference in how you live. 
Yeah, well, when I had an agent, I felt ripped off because, you know, constantly, month after month, I was spending more in <laughs> gas money to get down right. to the auditions than I was making off auditions. That's right. So, you know, I, I had enough. I said, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore, people. You're not going to drag me you downtown. Can, you can drag me tell me I can't have this <laughs> <That's> commercial. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, I'd like I, to throw... Okay. Go, uh, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, that's the delay thing. No, go ahead. I've got, I've got a couple of things I want to mention. So when you're ready... Well, no, I was just going to, on the back of Fred's joke, I see, I, it was even worse for me because at a certain point I was getting work, but I got so lazy that I said, I don't want to drive back down to Toronto at three in the afternoon, even well, if I was going to get a gig. Well, there's a tipping point, right? Once oh, yeah. your salary through radio got to be enough, it's like, what? <laughs> no, oh, that's right. That's, <laughs> okay, Dad, let me. Why would I drive back downtown from Brampton at 3 o'clock to make a few hundred bucks when I have this nice little prize? That's right. I would be like, I'm in Oakville at, uh, yeah. things are pretty good here in the, uh, in the especially it was the summer. So let me see. I, I, could, I could not go golfing or sit by my pool and go down and read on the off chance I get it. Uh, anyways, Dan, please uh, pop in with a couple of uh, things, and then we'll start the show. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to mention that uh, just uh, agents do not make any money on you getting auditions. So if you if you're no. getting planning on getting into the business, your agent should not be charging you for anything. No, because no, no, no. it's it's they represent you and they make money on you when you get a job. So if sure. you're paying your agent for anything, no, that's a red flag. Good one, you know, Dan. Just 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 that's a you know kind of you hear it over and over again how you know people uh, who don't really know the business get into it and they start doing that and you go, oh, man, that's that's a scam right there. Um, there was another uh, point I had to make and I forgot it but I did want to mention uh, <laughs> write your points down Dan uh, yeah, what did you want to mention really good idea uh, I was doing a, a, a voiceover session yesterday for mm. Bell ah. uh, at uh, Pirate Sound and uh, in the lobby when you're waiting around you see other talent and I ran into somebody that you know Howard and I just want to and I encouraged him to listen to the show again trying to bring him back um, I think I can't remember his first name the last name is Dooley and you did a bunch of oh James Dooley oh, yeah Tom, man James Dooley oh, oh I no I hang down you Tom Dooley yeah yeah <laughs> hang down your head Tom Dooley Dooley hang down your head and cry hang down your head Tom Dooley one day yeah. you're going to die yeah you know and I he said it, go ahead no you go ahead I was you yeah, go ahead I was everybody like, take a number. It's nice that he said this, that you, uh, I guess he had this airline contract and was looking for someone with the, uh, like, you know, playing, doing music in airplanes and uh, being a disc jockey. And they wanted somebody with an American accent. And he thought, well, maybe uh, Humble Howard. And to him, you were like one of the gods of radio. Mm. And it was such a, uh, a huge thing for him to, uh, to hire you and be, and it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's that's yeah. Well, that's I suppose you said, yeah. "Oh, well, stop it." You know, you, you, you can't have somebody saying something nice about me when you know the real <laughs> me. I'll tell you, I here's a weird thing. I know exactly where I was when this guy called me. I got a, I got a, I was, on, it was on, I was coming out of uh, the mix. So this is like 2005, 2006 before I got fired, and I get a phone call, and it's clearly from a foreign country because at the time he lived in Dublin. In Ireland. Did he mention that to you? Yeah, no, yeah. He said he was over in the... He lived there for nine years or for, something. Yeah, and, and he yeah. said, Hi, I'm, I'm James Dooley from Ireland. I work for a company called In Flight 
Dublin, I believe is the name of the company. And from that phone call, I literally got thousands of dollars worth of work because what he did is he had, they had all these contracts for in-flight entertainment on Singapore Airlines, Vietnam Airlines, Oman Airlines, Saudi Arabian Airlines. And what I would do is he would, and this was in the days before I was, you know, I had access to a studio like I do now, but sometimes I did them at your house, Dan. Mm-hmm. where I would go and just he'd give me a track list. I didn't even have to play the music. I just had to go, hey, welcome to Singapore Airlines. I'm your host, Howard Glassman. Sit back and listen. Here's a song. And I would just voice track it, send it to him, and they would send me money. Even after he left and came back to Canada, I continued to do that gig for quite some time. It was a very... And so if you ever see him again, tell him I've never... Uh, I never. I always appreciate it. I always feel uh, very grateful that he called me because he could have called you or uh, Doodles or <laughs> Freddie P. <laughs> Doodles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I will. But yeah, and I, was, I think uh, he may be listening to today's show, or you know, he's, I'd encourage him to get back to to listening because he was. He, you know, he was a fan, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, all so right. he lives back in Canada now. And what happened was he came back to Canada. And I think later in life, like in his late 20s or whatever, began to do the world of voiceover and acting. And he's done really, really well. Like I see him the odd time on his Facebook page that he's been in this TV show or or this voiceover thing. And, and yeah, very good for him, you know. I'll have to scour the credits now and look for Tom Dooley. Absolutely. Tom, mm. Tom, Tom Dooley, first name, hang down. Uh, Dan, let's start the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough with a fresh white tablecloth. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who, if they raised their children like American politicians raise politicians, would have ignored bad behavior until they got kicked out of their own house. But instead, we have great parents getting together with their wonderful children this weekend over a dead and roasted turkey. It's Humble and Fred. Do, 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 do. Howie, Howie, I, I I have to ask you, um... Dan referred to fresh white tablecloth. I mean, you know how quick I, I make quick work of fresh white tablecloths, especially in restaurants. Have you ever done this? Like after the meal, you stand up and you look around everyone's plate with a fresh white tablecloth. <laughs> And see what you've done to the white tablecloth compared to what others in your party have done to the white tablecloth. Constantly. It's shocking. It's shocking. I don't know why, but man, it's embarrassing. Forget the Like, I'm there for minutes and there's something. It's vinegar. It's soiled. Sauce. (laughs) It's been soiled. Lights away. There's a shadow. Oh, yeah. No, I'm the same way. There's a ring. There's a ring. There's a (laughs) ring of. Whatever. When they remove the uh, plates, I'm always. I look down and I'm like, it's like a like a crime scene. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is where the body was. Uh, you know what it is because uh, you eat like I do. You know, I even last night I stayed. For, we have an after men's day meal. I haven't stayed for for quite some time, but last night I did, and there was chicken, little chicken breast, not chicken breast, chicken thighs, and little. Yeah. About the size of chicken thighs, pieces of steak. 
Mm-hmm. I, of course, had, you know, a ton of it. But even even last night, when I left my plate to go back to the buffet, there was uh, stuff around. <laughs> there was bits of salad and some a piece of chicken. And we've talked about this, too. I honestly, when I go to a restaurant with people, especially if it's a group maybe that I don't know that well or I haven't gone to a restaurant with before, I pick a patterned shirt because I know something's going to end up on my shirt. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what that is. It's embarrassing. And it's like, you know, you're just, it's the exuberance. The it's the, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the gusto with which you enjoy your food. And it just starts flying everywhere. I don't know. Dan, I can't remember because I haven't eaten with you for a while. Are you a fast eater or are you just a normal, regular guy? I'm, I'm a fast eater. I try to remind myself to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I don't, where does that come from? Maybe, I don't know, years of eating you know, in between songs, like I ate a lot when I was on the air all the time as a disc jockey, you don't leave. So I would have my lunch or dinner, whatever shift I was doing. I could never eat doing mornings, although, you know, unless people brought us food, which then for some reason I could. I think it goes back to, you know, goes back centuries. I, I think instinctively, I've been watching these videos lately of like lions attacking buffaloes in Africa or these big lizard animals going after other animals and like eating them on the spot you're you're you see instinctively you're afraid the food's gonna be taken mm-hmm, away exactly or the food's gonna run away or something so it's just i better eat this before well you know, everybody everybody would oh, be like that then wouldn't yeah it? yeah but uh, people have evolved Dan. <laughs> people have evolved and trained themselves Dan. <laughs> clunk and i we haven't evolved that far uh, here's what I find interesting. I'm sorry, I went, I, I went off too quickly. Interesting, interesting. Um, I too, for some reason, maybe because we've been looking at some similar videos, I some for some reason have been sucked into a whole bunch of videos of animals stalking their prey. Mm-hmm, same here. And one of the ones I saw just yesterday, I believe, was a panther, and it was fascinating because this panther, Dan moves so silently so i would say maybe no more than 10 or 15 yards away from the panther separated by only some maybe a small tree and some brush the the deer is eating some food and it's a medium-sized deer not a big one and the panther's like you can see the panther freeze for a second the deer looks Mm -hmm. up then the deer goes back to eating the panther moves closer and you just know, like, this deer is about to get murked by this <laughs> fucking panther. And, and, you, and you can, the, gear, the deer could do nothing up about it because, you know, unless the panther's cell phone goes off, like it's got a notification. <laughs> that's what I kept thinking. Well, I hope this panther better hope no one calls him right now. But this damn. deer's already dead. Oh, it's so already dead. Like, right. and, and, but just the patience and the fascination at this, of watching this animal stalk its prey was cool. Well, I'm gonna. You want to talk about disturbing? You've heard of these Komodo dragons? Google Komodo dragons. They're scary animals. Oh no, I know they look scary. Yeah, I watched one the other day. I think it was a wild buffalo that was obviously pregnant, and this thing sensed it. It literally, while the mother was alive, ripped its guts open and took the calf out and ate it in front of her. Really. And the thing is, when I'm watching these videos and I see, like, you know, a panther attack, like a, a deer or something, I just want to shoot them right between the eyes, you know? And I know it's the circle of life. You want to shoot know, the panther? Yeah. Who's attacking the other animal? Well, they that's what they do for food. Them. That's their sobies. I, 
I just said that. It's the circle. <laughs> it's the circle of life. I understand that. And you can't get emotional. But what it is, it's all these people on like safaris and everything. And this is happening right in front of them. Yeah. So they're filming it. It must be fascinating. But it's, some of it is just heartbreaking. I've never seen a Komodo dragon rip a uh, oh, calf out of a, a... That's the thing, too. When What I've seen a lot of these videos is where the animal they're eating... I think we've talked about this. It's not like the animal is dead and then they go to town. They go to town. They go to the buffet of the animal whilst the animal is still alive. And it's and often they're screaming while they're being eaten. Which seems and you so- talk about instincts. It's all you know, lions and panthers. How they just go straight for the neck, eh? Straight oh yeah, for the jugular. Well, they've been taught by their mamas. Well, <laughs> they and, and, and the screeching doesn't seem to bother them. It would put me off my food. Well, I think that. Where's your compassion, you bastard Komodo dragon? Like, where? Like, I'll tell you where it is. In their their tiny prehistoric brain. Yeah. Yeah. Did you spend a lot of time watching Doctari and and, uh, Wild, uh, Mutual Omaha's Wild Kingdom? But these Komodo dragons, they're like up to nine feet long. Like, they, they, you know, remember guys had iguanas in, 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 um, Science class. aquariums, like mm-hmm. an aquarium. It's like this thing has come out, and it's now it's nine feet long. Yeah, and it has a tongue that you know darts in and out like one. Oh man, they're awful. And, um, they, and it's odd. They obviously rule whatever area they. Yeah, live. I'd say, you know, because yeah. here's here's the thing: you only have to rip out a pregnant cow, buffalo's calf once when word gets around. <laughs> like yeah. fuck that thing. <laughs> Whatever you do, stay away from the the mm. came the Komodo D's, the KDs. Yeah, too bad they didn't go with the rest of the dinosaurs. That's what they look like. But when I, the other ones I I've seen, and, and I, and where where uh, a group of lionesses, because the the lion the male lions don't hunt because that's not their thing. So the lionesses have we learned nothing from the Lion King? When they stalk an animal, hyena or something like that, and and they run it down, like you know, they'll 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 cull one from the herd that seems yeah. to be weak or lagging behind. Mm-hmm. When they run that thing down, and then the thing, you know, and it'll put up a bit of a fight because it's got instincts too. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it just goes, ah, here I go. This is it's like no, they just you can see them kind of they they run they they skip around and all of a sudden they just kind of give it up. They're like, well. I guess this is what I'm doing today. Well, just another one I saw what was heartbreaking. You talk about the lions. It was a male and a few females. And it was, again, it was a calf, a buffalo, a deer, something of that sort. And the male was just playing with it. It was trying to walk away all wobbly. And he would just knock it over and lick it and then push it with his paw. And then the female came over. She wanted to get down to business and eat it. And he chased her away. All he wanted to do was play with this thing. And when he was finished playing with it, then he stood back, let the female grab it, and she took it up into the woods to tear it apart with a pack of other females for food. It was bizarre to watch. It's guys, eh? Guys are just like, hang on, let me let me dick around with it. <laughs> let me just let me dick around with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's like, great. So, some of them I thought because my granddaughter May just loves animals and everything, and I thought I, I should show her a few of these. And <laughs> hey, I thought, no. No, I don't think so. Just no, before we, uh, wow. just before Dan came on the show, like there was, a, I was, I was telling Fred about a video I was watching, completely the opposite of this. It was a tiny dog 
not quite the size of Booby Billy, but a smallish dog. And it was it had taken the lead off the the, the horse, a horse, a giant horse was tied up and the, they got the leash, not the leash, the lead. And the little dog was leading the big dog, the, the big horse away. I just said to Fred, I'd forgotten there's a whole category of animal videos that I used to love where it was big animals playing with little animals or mm-hmm. that or friends with little animals. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and that right. whole section is there. The Internet is filled with that. So it's, it's the antidote to having your, you know, the buffalo calf being ripped out and eaten by a prehistoric mm-hmm. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Disturbing stuff. But when you see that, what's that? When you when you have you know it's a gateway. (laughs) That's right. These are gateway videos. These are animal snuff videos. But I like I like animals. Like you know, like there's a a, there was this video I saw the other day. It was a giant basset hound, and it it was laying there. It's huge, huge dog, and uh, the caption was something like uh, they're 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 cuddling, and I'm like I don't see any other animal. And then the basset hound, whose heads are enormous, just lifted its head, and underneath was a little kitten living (laughs) living in its jowls and i was like oh well i sent you a sweet animal video the other day how was that of dougie sleeping oh my god with the blanket over his head yeah yes and you sent it to me at the show at the end of the show yesterday yeah so good hey that's pretty loud snoring eh yeah man that's crazy Um, i wonder if i can play uh, i've been watching uh different kind of videos lately porn and watching yeah, I've been watching videos that yeah. uh, uh, talk about guys talking about if a person in the plane you're flying dies, can you bring the plane down? And, you know, like a guy dies in the in the cockpit. You mean the you guy, know, the they, pilot dies? Can you bring the plane down? Pilot dies. Can you bring the plane down? Yeah. What? They, they, you know, they, they give actual, uh, you know, there's an actual, uh, you know, air traffic controller, uh, you know, audio of actual planes that have done this that you can find on the Internet. And uh I've learned that the one thing I should know, because you're screwed if you can't fly a plane and you can't talk to anybody, is to really understand how to work airplane radios. Wait a second. So these these are scenarios where they put guys in like a simulator? No, it's actual incidences that have happened. Well, you must so send like, this to me. I, I am fascinated by this. Really? I didn't know. I thought you'd, you'd find all this because you watch all kinds of airplane videos of people landing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I would I would love to know what the circumstances they whether they think a person because I, I will tell you this. I don't know if you knew this. I'm an aviator. I don't think if you I really don't think the average person. Here's how I describe it. If you've never popped a wheelie on a bike, how could somebody talk you through popping a wheelie on a bike you have to sort of experience it yourself right mm-hmm. but having said that i think you two being above average intelligence i think uh guys that are somewhat coordinated could be talked through the process almost right to the ground it's the part just above the ground part that's why i say it's like popping a wheelie but i think an average person with you know above average radio skills could be talked through it mm-hmm. uh- well, I, what's the like autopilot? Does that not apply to landing? Like they can't just flip a switch and then the thing just lands. Itself. There's a small like, percentage, a, a lot of them, but a smaller percentage than you'd think that have auto land. 
more than more than you'd want to know but there's lots of the modern planes have auto land they all have autopilot that takes it to a certain level but most of these guys landing they're i would say most from what my recent history would tell you that they're 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 land once it gets three miles away they're usually landing it themselves so dan so what is the scenario they take take people and they say in this emergency could you land the plane well, there's one guy that uh, showed uh, a 737 or 747 in the cockpit in a simulator, all the things you'd have to do to land the plane. So he says, okay, imagine everybody is, uh, you know, there's nobody on the plane that can fly. Uh, this, the cast, the, the, the crew is all disappeared for some reason, whatever. They've been asphyxiated or something, and it's up to you. So what's the first thing you do? And that is... Uh, you got to get the radio going because you're just screwed if you can't figure out the radio. In that scenario, so by the way, in that scenario, is the autopilot on at that point? Does he say? Yes, yeah, yes, okay. Yes. All right. And there, there's another one where a, a, a guy who had some a little tiny bit of experience, uh, he was started taking his pilot's lesson a long time ago. And uh, he was in a, then that was a single engine craft and he was in a double engine craft in the, uh, and this is an actual thing. And they played all the air traffic control conversations wow. between the pilot and the uh, the tower. But the guy was sitting next to the pilot who had just, you know, he, after they took off, he died right then and there. So they were in a, an autopilot climb and uh, he at least knew how to run the radio. So that he so in that scenario, it wasn't a, it wasn't a jet. It was a twin engine, some kind of prop plane. Mm. Yeah. 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 Because in most the chances, right, of both people in the cockpit and the commercial airline going down are pretty slim. Yeah. Yeah. I have, a, you know, like they, I've called it the Charlie Brown syndrome. You know, that Charlie Brown cartoon where Charlie Brown's watching a baseball game. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to your Blue Jays. Ugh. Charlie Brown's watching a baseball game. And he catches a uh, uh, ball in the in the stands, and then a coach points at him and goes, "Sign that kid up." Mm-hmm. So that I've had that again. I don't want anyone to die, but I have that f- fantasy that they're going to be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, is there a pilot on the plane?" And I'm like, <laughs> I just come swaggering down. I'm like, I've got this, but. Uh, and then I'd like to walk by a bunch of the guys like you two and some of my other friends that mock me about how I'm not handy and I don't know what a laser level is. And as I'm walking to the cockpit, I'm just going to go, you boys okay? You got any tape measures and shit you want to play with while I save your lives? You know, that's what I'm thinking. Well, first of all, I would say we don't mock you that way. You mock yourself. And I think Dan and I, over the years, have encouraged you and told you that if you actually tried to do some of these things, you could do them. Number one. Uh, number two, there is not a number two. I just want to make well, that. number one, number one, thanks for wrecking my dreams. <laughs> um, I, I will say that uh, I know a guy, my buddy, actually, I know you guys know him too, best friend Dave, um, who's very, very, very good with, uh, you know, the system. He, I think he would do better than me. Physically, I think I could do it. Like, I physically understand how to land a plane. But uh, I, you would definitely have, a, as, the, as their little show says, you definitely want to have somebody that can talk to uh, air traffic control. Well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if I heard that story one day that you brought down, you know, a 737 after the, you know, the pilot had become ill and after he was mysteriously poisoned and then the co-pilot like speak dude i don't know what to do i don't know where's howard where's howard the co-pilot is some hot swedish woman (laughs) oh howard Um, i want to thank you for landing the plane before moving on one other 
uh, airline observation. Penelope Cruz right now is promoting Emirate Airlines. Have you seen that? Where you get a private compartment? Yeah, a private apartment. Yep. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. You go down the aisle and then you open a door and then there's a couple of nice, soft, comfortable recliners in this little room. I mean, what that would cost to Penelope Cruz. She doesn't care. People with money. But can you imagine? Talk about a way to fly. You're in your own little room. Oh, yeah. I've seen I've seen there's an aviation channel I follow where a guy goes around showing you what those places are like you're you, you know you have an apartment you can have a shower you yeah. know they serve you dinner it's like a full-on bed my only question is again i know people with money they don't care but at what level do you not care about a fifty thousand dollar ex- ticket on a eight or ten hour it's like these are these aren't they're not flying around the world they're 10 and 12 and 14 hour flights but still well, these ones aren't showers and everything. The one I'm referring to is almost like, you know, on a train, there's those little compartments. Mm-hmm. Well, they have this in the plane. So, again, it's just a small little room with a couple of nice, comfortable chairs in it. So you and the person you're flying with are all alone in this room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it's for uh, the upper crust. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Dan Duran's uh, going to hang around for his news today because, uh, well, he shortchanged us yesterday when we were all wondering what was going on in the news. If I got a chance, I'm going to play a clip from uh, somebody, a woman who is a, uh, I guess she's in Congress, but she was at the inquiry, The this thing outside of um, shutting down the government. They were they were trying to find some evidence to impeach Joe Biden. And you got to hear what she says. It's fantastic. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, will you favor us with some news a little bit later? Absolutely, yeah. Because we got to do all the emails and such. Oh, it's email time. Great. Yeah, it's email it's day. That's today, yeah. Are you giving away a prize today? We are, No, actually, we're giving away a prize. But it is not the email prize. Oh, it's not the Palma Pasta prize. No, no. That's uh, a couple more weeks for people, but... It's the uh, Rent Electric. We're going to give away somebody who got a chance to rent electric a vehicle to have one for the weekend from rentelectric.ca. Okay, so uh, there you go. Now the show's started. I believe we started the show. Yeah. Did we? Hey, did we start the show? Yes, we did. Remember the, the tablecloth thing? Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Uh, all right. Why don't you uh, tell us a thing or two then, Mr. Smarty Pants? The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. That's what it's all about. Chamberplan.ca should be your destination. If you have a small business and have considered a benefits package for your people, you know, a lot of people are there struggling right now, you know, and to be able to um, offer something like this helps a lot. It really does. Prescriptions and dental, you know, soften the blow when it comes to those costs. It can be done. Uh, small business, you know, a couple employees, a hundred employees in that sort of uh, sweet spot. It's affordable. 
You'll find that out when you go to chamberplan.ca and uh, click on the badge that says uh, get a free estimate. You put in the parameters of your company and uh, they'll tell you what it's going to cost. And you can buy in at different levels. Well, it's all there. Just do it. Do it for your employees. It's the Chambers Plan. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca. What is boron? I will tell you. Boron is a critically important industrial mineral. World production of boron minerals reached an estimated 4.35 million metric tons not so long ago, and it's increasing all the time. Consumption of borats used... I feel like I'm a high school uh, chemical teacher. Uh, Consumption of borats used in high technical applications are expected to increase. And uh, now's a good time to get on the boron train. As we've been talking about lately, you know, boron is found in so many things. How about the ceramic tiles on your floors and the porcelain porcelain enamel used in your sink? Refrigerators. <laughs> what are those? Refrigerators. Oh, refrigerators. <laughs> oh, okay. They're in the refrigerators, Fred. Mm-hmm. Pots and pans as well. Boron is also in heat-resistant cookware, crystal glass, and dishwasher detergent. Get the idea? Boron is everywhere, and uh, only a few places on the planet have economic deposits large enough to make it commercially viable, and Boron 1 is very close to that. Very rare place for a mining company. Have your Sherpa or our Sherpa? Find a Sherpa. Find somebody. To tell you more about this company that could be a little, you know, good little addition to your portfolio. What do we know? Uh, what is Boron One? That's what Boron One is at BoronOne.com. That's just the way it is. Um, let me get to the uh, emails. You got your emails in front of you there, brother? Yes, yes. But you want to talk about? I know all the Leafs were just horrible. Not the Leafs. The, no, uh, the Jays. Um, well, the first, my first email um, deals with that. Okay, good. Uh, then so, we can maybe so break we it down. Can sort of, yeah, uh, mix it up. There. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, bring it in. Hi, uh, here we go. Uh, welcome to the emails Hi, brought to you by Palma Pasta, Frederick. Uh, Keith Weiland. The spreadsheet runs the game. Good morning, sweet bastards. Oh, s- sorry. Okay. So what's <laughs> instead of a high guys, I'm at you. Sorry. You Sorry, I had a different thing up on my computer. Yes, good morning, sweet bastard, says Keith. He says, with the Berrios uh, debacle in Minneapolis yesterday, what are your guys' thoughts of the future of sports being dehumanized more and more with technology taking over human emotion and decision-making duties? In a few short years, there really won't be any need to spend millions of dollars on a coach's big brain anymore. It uh, didn't seem that long ago when Jack Morris pitched 10 innings in a one nothing game, uh, Game 7 of the World Series, a victory. And to think uh, we'll never, ever see awesome shit like that ever again. And it's a damn shame. Fellas, your thoughts. Uh, no body part uh, numbers attached to this, Howard. Um, like he doesn't give his uh, blood no. uh, blood pressure or his BMs? No, no, no. Hmm. Uh, I think he was too wound up after the game yesterday. You know, in a nutshell, it was ridiculous. Apparently, going into the game, uh, the Jays were just going to use the Barrios uh, for 
a couple of times through the lineup and then switch it, uh, apparently to throw the other team off. So they'd have to go from their predominant left-handing hitting lineup to their right-handing hitting lineup and take some guys out of the mix. And it, it just so backfired because Boreos was pitching a great game, amazing game. And then for no reason, they walk out to the mound, John Schneider, and they yank him. They bring in uh, Kikuchi, and he gives up like a walk, a hit, a walk, and they score a couple of runs Minnesota. And when you score a couple of runs against the Blue Jays, chances are you're going to win because the Jays can't score runs themselves. They left left nine, I think, nine on base uh, during the game. Just pathetic. Yeah. I mean, really pathetic. Well, you know, and they've got a pretty high payroll, and they've got guys with reputations that are supposed to hit the ball, but uh, I think they only had one extra base hit over the two games. Only scored one run, and uh, there was some fundamental problems again last night with uh, Vladdy getting picked off second base. Inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I saw that play. It wasn't even close. Hey, but, you mm-hmm. know, I want my question about baseball because they've been trending this way for some time. Mm-hmm. I've I, I only known from what I hear from you and the guys at the golf course, hitting has been an issue, that the pitching's been good enough, but it doesn't matter. They're not getting timely hits, and they're leaving too many bases, uh, too many um, players on base. So when I watched the 14-minute uh, highlight this morning, that's exactly what it looked like. They, they got decent enough pitching, and they just left a bunch of guys stranded, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I had a couple of breaks that, you know, may have gone again, went, went against them. But still, there wasn't a very mm-hmm. it, my point to you is in baseball. Can a team change that around? Change what around? Well, I mean, if you're well, trending that way, what, what would make you think it would go any different way? You know, it's a lot like it's a lot like golf hitting. We've talked about this. Hitting a baseball is a very hard thing to do. Yes. You know, and it seems the more you bear down, the worse it gets. I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I don't. But this whole scenario is just so Toronto because going into the season, the Blue Jays were expected to be this heavy-hitting team. That would be no problem. The pitching staff looks, looks good, but let's see how good. Well, ultimately, their pitching staff, if not the best, was the second best in all of Major League Baseball. Their problem turned out to be offense so if the offense had delivered the way it should have and with this pitching staff Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be out of the playoffs after two pathetic pathetic games now john schneider who went in and pulled the pitcher yesterday it wasn't his decision it came from above and he pretty much talked about that and the players have been you know analytics such a part of the game now to back to keith's point about you know the spreadsheet baseball the the money Mm -hmm. ball the stats yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm sitting there like, why are they taking this guy out? Maybe even if that was the pregame plan, he's pitching so well. Why would you screw with that? Just leave him in there. But they didn't. And the Vladdy thing, you know, two out, men on second and third. Vladdy's on second. He's a big man. Big men don't tend to take huge leadoffs. <laughs> no. And not only that, with a guy at third... And two out, you run on contact. The minute that bat hits the ball, you start running with two out. So there was no no need at all for him to take that lead off. 
especially he's a, you know he's relatively slow. Yeah, and they it were was, reviewing, and, and and the thing was that he was starting to tap his hand. He was as if review the play. He was a foot from the bag. And you know what the irony was? Just prior to him wanting you know to look at the review of the play, Bo Bichette was at, at was up to bat, and and Vladdy's looking at him like pushing his hands down, like just relax now, just relax, yeah. relax, Bo. I mean, you know, you can cash these runners, and then two seconds later, he's picked off because. He was too relaxed, I guess. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Well, the uh, Blue Jays season is over, and uh, it's too bad. Like, you know, back to your analogy about golf. If you have the second best pitching in the league as part of your defense, you mm-hmm. don't need the best, um, best hitting. You just need decent hitting. Mm-hmm. Similar like in golf, if you're... You know, if you're one of the balls, best ball strikers, you don't need to be a great putter. You just can't be a shitty putter. Yeah. No, I agree. And, you know, to do definitively answer Keith's question, yes, more and more sports will be given over to this. And I think, you know, on some level, it's a mistake. You know, analytics should be there as a guide. It shouldn't be the rule, you know? Well, and clearly a mistake last night, because if, if your starting pitcher is, is really having a great, the human factor of how well he's pitching should be considered versus whatever little nefarious plan that AI cooked up. All right. Hi, guys. Uh, this uh, subject line from Caroline W. Thursday show cat discussion. This came from uh, last week, by the way. It says, uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm an OG Hundy P and have been loving the show for many years back to the CFNY days. That is an OG. In all those years, I've never considered fast forwarding, but I had to last Thursday. When the discussion went to outdoor cats, Fred, mm-hmm. as an animal rescuer, I will never understand the mentality of letting your beloved pet just roam the neighborhood. Fred mentioned how it's a risk they could be hit by a car or torn apart by a predator. And that's true. These are facts for outdoor cats, says Carolina, says Caroline, Caroline, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ooh, Carolina. I don't know why it's changed Carolina her name. <laughs> I don't know why. Going to Carolina. Why I changed her name in the middle of this email. Caroline mm-hmm. says they live they live half the life of an indoor cat if you let them out. Uh, Caroline goes on to say, my own cat loved being outside and she would spend hours in my backyard on a 20-foot lead to keep her safe. I hope to gourd. That Mel and Josh, that's Fred's daughter and son-in-law, will not allow their cute little kitchens, their little kittens outside. These little living creatures do not deserve to have the fight of their lives to survive every day. There's a lot of indoor stimulation you can provide to keep them happy. She signs off, loving you, Carolyn W., resting heart rate 62, excellent BMs accompanied by a happy face. So you know cool. it's true. It's the only thing. Can you imagine living your whole life indoors? I, I, listen, if, if if that's all they know, I mean, they know no other. But that's right. Can you imagine your whole life is just inside one house? I don't know how we got started. I, I, was, I have a buddy, my buddy Grant out in New Brunswick and Quispam Sis. He has two giant cats, really great animals, pets, and they wander in and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd never seen anything like it. I didn't know cats could do that. I've never had a cat myself because I'm horribly allergic. But, uh, 
you know, Booby Billy, Charlie's dog, and Stan, my dog, Stan's inside most of the time, but he goes out and we walk him and he gets to play a couple times a day out in the park, uh, leash free. You know, I think we provide a pretty good life for these uh, animals the best we can. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And they're loved. You know, love. Love trumps all. Does it not? Love trumps all except Trump. Hi, Uh, guys. All right. Let's move on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. And wouldn't you know it, Trump stuff is the subject. Uh, Danielle Hayashi. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Christopher Titus has a podcast and he speaks a lot about Trump and the ridiculous stuff happening around him. Uh, Titus calls him sweet potato Hitler <laughs> and it makes me laugh so hard. He uh, does kind of he does kind of look like a potato, doesn't he? Like a sweet potato. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Trump. Sweet potato Hitler. He says uh, she says, I'm sorry, keep up the discussion about him as we don't want this nonsense stuff rising in Canada. Enjoy every goddamn day, Danielle. Arresting heart rate fifty-five. Well done, Danielle. Fifty-five. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that yesterday. I mean, a lot of podcasts are out there attacking uh, Trump, and a lot of podcasts supporting Trump. Believe it or not, you know. Um, and and this Chris Christopher Titus, I know him. No, don't know him personally. He's a comedian. Is he? Oh, he's a comic. He's oh. very funny and very smart. Yeah. And but I like the fact that I, you know, because sometimes and I've, I'm not that you haven't done it, but I sort of lean on the Hitler thing a little bit mm-hmm. more. And when I bring it up, I always think, am I being too dramatic because I'm Jewish? But but there's a lot of people out there like myself and you that see there's there's a Hitler-esque feel to all of this. And and also, but even even, you know, I'm actually even some of the stuff that that. Trump does I just find so bewildering just the way he sits in court yesterday making those faces and throwing up his arms you know Mm -hmm. he is so the opposite or the whatever the the epitome of somebody who shouldn't be president but my favorite Mm -hmm. thing about yesterday is there was a shot of secret service agents bringing in giant bags of McDonald's food Mm -hmm. so that they so that the, the this is what Trump brings in for his lawyers in New York City. And I can't imagine he, him eating all that McDonald's when he's, according to Noel Kasler, incontinent. Can you imagine that? Oh, and according to him, he's only 215 pounds. Yeah. Um, something I said during the show yesterday with Ralph Ben Mergy, and I use Dan as an explanation. Dan and I can debate a lot of issues. Half the time, it's just for fun. Um, and I have a lot of friends. You, you and I could debate something, take opposite sides and have a productive, um, intelligent conversation about it. And it's not, we we stop being friends or anything. My observation was of all the people that I know in my life, and I'm not even going to say the people whose opinion I respect of all the people I know in my life, I don't know one person who endorses Trump, who thinks that's a good idea, that there's a story there that should be heard or understand that side. You know what I'm saying? Well, of course I do. We we had I had one. We had one person in our lives 
maybe one and a half, and they're not in that our lives. That was peripheral. Well, one was peripheral, but one was pretty yeah. close to me. Oh, okay. And, it, you know, remember, it was mm-hmm. kind of skirted the, about yesterday when he was it's talking okay. about having the happy capitalism guy on his show. Oh, right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, that person mm-hmm. is, has, no long, has not communicated with me in a really long time because mm-hmm. of all of this. Right. By the way, I'm not saying because of all of the stuff that happened with you, but just he cut me off because um, he just didn't like the way we were talking about all of this. No, I understand that. And you you find that it's like a lot of these far right or right wing talk show hosts and everything there. They won't do interviews with anybody but friendly. Yeah. Fire. You know what I mean? Only friendly fire. That's all they will do because they an- can't answer the questions. And the guy that you were talking about a second ago, when challenged, he had no comeback other than to be in- insult you. Because yeah. what is the... What is the defense? <laughs> well, we, we stopped having a certain guest on our show, which was another one of our regulars for quite some time. We stopped having him on the show because it just got, I guess, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, conspiracy dude. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on. We've got Hi, lots to get through on this Hi, Thursday guys. email Hi, show. Down, 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 down. This email, uh, I'm not going to read it all. I don't think. Subject line, it'll be a sad day for Dan Duran for sure. No hi, guys, but it's inferred. Hi, guys. Jeremy Scott says, I found this little dust while swift, swift ding the interweb. I thought I would share. It's one of, I'll do it quickly. My nookie days are over. My pilot light is out. He's saying it will be a sad day for Dan Duran because Dan's got a giant wang. Uh, <laughs> my nookie days are over. My pilot light is out. What used to be my pride and joy is now my water spout. Time was when, on its, on its own accord, from my trousers it would spring. But now I've got a full-time job to find the friggin' thing. It used to be embarrassing the way it would behave for every single morning it would stand and watch me shave. Now, as old age approaches... It's almost over. Now, as old age approaches, it sure gives me the blues to see it hang, to see it hang its little head and watch me tie my shoes. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you. Wow. Uh, there you go. Thank you, uh, Jeremy Scott. I don't think we need to comment. Always pleasure to have us uh, being entertained. Hi, guys. Da, 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 Hi, da. Guys. Who you got? Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Jennifer Kelly, It's the subject is cock-a-doodle-doo, and it's an audio thing, so... Yeah. Um, are you prepared for that? I am. Okay. You ready? It just says cock a doodle doo and thanks so much, Jen. That's it. Not even a high guy. Hi guys, bet you're wondering why I'm sending you a recording of Rooster's cockadoodle doodling I have a feeling Fred is probably like me. And this is a phone call with Bell Mobility. It is currently 3.30 in the afternoon, and I am obviously talking to the other side of the world where the roosters are waking up and I can hear them. I do not understand this. Unbelievable. AirPods. You can noise cancel with those or background noise, remove, whatever you want to call it. Crazy. Only at Bell. Anyway, have a great day. Bye. I just missed the part. What is the part that you're like her? 
Oh, I think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about being frustrated by, you know, call centers and trying to get a message through to Bell. And, 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 I'm, and all the time I've been called by people from around the world, I've never heard of Rooster Crow. No. Have you? No. I think she was just adding that for effect. Oh, no. I, th- I, I got the impression that... Yeah. Um, I, I, was that? I'm then, very, then I was completely fooled. Okay, well, great, Jen. Yes, no, I've never heard that. We love the effort. Very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way, way more effort. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, this is for, uh, this is an interesting, okay, it's an interesting, this is an interesting email, so stand by. Hi, guys. Scott Hi Shields. Guys. Hi, guys. And the subject line is Dan Duran and COVID. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm two weeks behind and trying to catch up on the podcast. The last episode you were talking about uh, Dan and Mike about Dan's reluctance to be interviewed by Boone. This was a few weeks ago because Dan has never been on Toronto Mike's podcast, which is weird. Yes. He uh, suggests, Scott, uh, Scott suggests, I should say, what if you just did a two or three minute session per episode with Dan about some story or anecdote? You could call them Danicdotes. Mm. And he puts in brackets trademark. He wants to trademark <laughs> Danicdotes. I, I like that, actually. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's something that we should do on the show. Maybe every Monday, it's time for another Danicdote where Dan would tell us a story from his life. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love that. I would, too. But he would never open up like that. You know that. Well, we could prompt him because I know, because I, I know. So do you. I know dozens of anecdotes. Oh yeah, but a lot of those he wouldn't want to actually reveal. Well, there's a few. Uh, also, goes uh, Scott goes on. Maybe you've talked about this in an episode. He says I haven't got to yet. Got it yet? But COVID is definitely back. My mom and brother have it, and I have two aunts, aunts and uncles who have it. One couple had to cancel a trip to Italy because of it. All are vaccinated and said it's the worst they've felt in a very long time. Much worse than a regular head cold. Hopefully this winter goes easy on us. Keep up the great work. Heart rate unknown. Bowel movements like a Swiss watch. Thank you, Scott. Um, go ahead. The Cowboy. Uh, remember the band, The Cowboy Junkies? Of course. I just read something yesterday that they've had to cancel the next leg of their tour because members of the band have COVID. And it's disheartening. It's like, oh, really? Like, uh, really do we have? Is this what we have to look forward to? It is. And I said this a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about taking the flight to Mexico in a few weeks. And I'm definitely going back to wearing a mask in the terminal on the plane. My daughter, uh, the older one, Charlie, a week from this Sunday will be the culmination of six months of training for the Toronto Marathon. Had never mm-hmm. run a marathon and went through all the protocols, all the running every week, no matter where she was. And uh, we we're all having Thanksgiving on Monday at ex-wife's Randy's place, ex-wife Randy's place. And on the family chat, Charlie says, I'm not going to go. And I says, I totally understand. Because mm-hmm. this close to the end of her six months of training, she's just because mm-hmm. there's going to be a bunch of people there as well, not just sure. us. And I get it, man, because I'll tell you, it is back. I've, I mentioned before that is I'm running into more people, ran into someone yesterday. Where you been? Had COVID for 10 days. 
I also heard, you know, that fucking sawed off little weasel Ben Shapiro. You've heard of him? Yes. I heard him go on the other day about overreaction to COVID. And, you know, we don't freak out when we get the flu. So why are we freaking out over this and trying to compare them as on the same level, the same? No, I know. The same line, the same severity, and I look at it again. You know, when you buy into that side, and you have to sort of dig in. Sometimes, not only must it be difficult, but you just look and sound like a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? It's like we said about you know Trump supporters. At what point do you just sort of stop down and go? You know, if I take an up, another step forward, I'm just going to look like a complete asshole defending this guy. It's time to look after my own reputation mm-hmm. rather than throwing it all in up for this guy. Um, because there is a difference. I mean, you just mentioned it there. The type of sickness. It's and we still don't know again the long term effects, and we still don't know exactly exactly what it is. So why wouldn't you take precautions different than the flu? Absolutely. Like if it was just a flu season uh, and yeah. COVID had never happened, my daughter probably would have come to Thanksgiving. Same with, uh, we're going to, Spencer's got a show Sunday night. And I said to Charlie last night, are you going to come? She's like, no. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. You're, you know, because it's important to her to not have this thing, you know, go awry seven days before she's been going to do this. But I'm, you know, and I've seen, I, I haven't mentioned this, but I saw a bunch more people this past weekend in grocery stores again with masks on. And the staff getting their masks back on. I think it's a great precaution because if nothing, if we've learned nothing, we all know how quickly it can spread again. Yes, we're vaccinated, but even people that are vaccinated. And by the way, I'm going to get my fifth uh, shot in the next couple of days. I might get one on. I'm going to see my doctor next week. I'm going to go. Well, and now, you know, we're going to drift into, you know, masks are useless. We're going to go through that whole thing. You know, I don't give a shit if it's a Kleenex in front of your nose. A Kleenex in front of my nose is giving me more protection than not having a Kleenex in front of my nose. You know what? Like, uh, you know what I mean? I don't care if it's holding up. Like, something is better than nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's all. That's part of the narrative, too. So if people start wearing masks, now let's attack masks. <laughs> Which they did last time. Of course they did. And, you know, and it's so much like. The environment, it's like, well, let's err on the side of precaution. Let's err on the side of looking after the world. Let's err on the side of defense against COVID. The uh, young lady who uh, testified, Mark Meadows, chief of staff, was in the news last week. uh, Hutchison, what's her first name? Um, You know who I mean. Oh, no, I know. So in in, in her book... In her book, she talks about how early in the pandemic, uh, what does that guy call him? Orange potato hand? Yeah, orange sweet potato. Orange sweet potato. No, sweet potato Hitler. Sweet potato Hitler. I'm writing that down because I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. Sweet potato Hitler. Uh, this woman, uh, Kat- Caitlin Hutchison. No. Uh, Cassidy. Cassidy Hutchison talks about observing then the president who didn't like to wear the mask because it he saw some of his fake tan bronzer rub, rub, rubbing out onto the mask and he yeah. never wore a mask in public again how mm-hmm. many people 
Did that affect? And, and think about it. some of the people that supported him had friends and family die because their their guy didn't. I, I, I mentioned this last week. Think about modeling behavior for the citizenry. Like that's just again. We won't live long enough for them to go all, through all the things this man did wrong. But to me, that caused ten, at least tens of thousands of people to die. Well, according to her as well, when he did get it, he was way uh, or he was a lot sicker. Yes. Than was ever revealed. Fuck. And, you know, I daydream and I fantasize. I'm thinking, geez, why didn't he just die? Yeah, exactly. You know, just you know and a painful horrible death as well like why didn't he just go then i mean that would have just been sweet like um sweet such poetic justice to have that bastard die of covid it would have been great when, i was just about to say why couldn't that guy have gotten the kind of covid at his age and his doughy fat incontinent bullshit but here's the thing and not to get too uh, off track but that's how you know that's how you know there can't be a god because he's letting that guy live and he lets mm-hmm. millions of sad, pathetic people who are, they lets them die. But he lets, wait, he lets him live? That can't be, that can't be right. Um, well, God, you know, Howard, wait a minute. I know he works in mysterious ways. God works in mysterious <laughs> ways. You yes, know. I know, Hi, I know. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Was that yours or mine? I can't remember. I believe that. <laughs> what was it about? What was the gist of it? What you just... I don't know. What did we start, start <laughs> I with? I have no idea. I think it's mine now. Um, Subject... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, are we sure now? Well, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I think that was sign? yours. Oh, okay. Let me... Was it... What was the last one was you it read? Was it Cock-a-doodle-doo? Oh, no, no. You read one after Cock-a-doodle-doo. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it is mine. Okay. We weren't just referring to Cock-a-doodle-doo. No, we weren't. We were referring to we, Trump. Yeah. I think it was mine. Yes, it was. All anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. This is what happens when you're 130 years old. I offer no apologies. That's just the way it is now. Anyway, uh, Fred Bit is the subject. This, this is from Jennifer Evans, a different Jennifer. Dear Humble and Fred. Hi, guys. Would you rather I just say um, hi, guys, rather than the actual thing they wrote? Or do you think I should, you know, read what they wrote and then you hit a hi, guys, and then maybe they'll... I think we should mix it up. I think it's like, uh, you know, I think it's, it's delightful that you... Uh, <sighs> Dear Humble and Fred, thank you for all the laughs. I started listening in high school in Calgary. What? And then, Oh, I see. Started listening in high school in Calgary and then moved to Toronto where I was delighted to find you again. Maybe she listened to me in Calgary. Oh, okay. But thinking right. that you were with me in Calgary. Okay, right. This is what I'm thinking. That makes sense. She thinks the show started in Calgary. It did not. But okay. two-thirds of us, Dan and I, worked mm-hmm. together in Calgary. That's that explains it. Anyway, the bit on Buffalo when Fred said everything was on fire made me laugh until I cried. Love you guys. 
Now that I see you have podcasts, I will listen until the government ends them. <laughs> no. Shortwave radio may be the future. And uh, she signs off as Jennifer, and that's it. Now, that Buffalo bit, I think that's off our CD. Yeah, um, I couldn't recall. I knew it wasn't yeah. something recent. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I couldn't. If she wants me to reenact the bit right now with you, I can't. But I believe that was on our uh, CD. But anyway, thank you for the compliment. And uh, it's nice to have you back. And uh, everything's groovy. Everything is groovy. And uh, mm. I'm still trying to look in through the emails that what got us started. I think it was me talking about COVID. There it was. Yes. Yes. It yes. was me because you know, talking about uh, COVID coming back. And then we morphed into what a douchebag. <laughs> I think one of our superpowers is we can take any subject and just bring it back to the uh, sweet potato Hitler. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi this guys. is from. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is from uh, Kevin Bacon. Not that Kevin Bacon. He says, doesn't see on on some of these emails, they don't even say hi, guys. Like this one doesn't say hi, guys. That's why I say hi, guys is inferred. Hi, guys. Play the hits. Love the lumpy bit. Next time lumpy's on, have him tell vagina juice. He means lumpy. Or have Toronto Mike, Mike Boone, not sure his preferred name, replay the original audio. I think I have it somewhere, actually. Could be great filler. And then he finishes. Bye, guys. Hi, guys. Maybe we should get something that says bye, guys. <laughs> uh, no uh, information from Kevin about his bowel movements, though, and or his heart rate. Okay. And, yeah, I think we should play you know stuff like that once in a while for people who are new. Because we do have, you know, as we found out quite... A bit the last few months, we have a lot of listeners that started in the spring of 2022 when the great Lord Voldemort, disgraced broadcaster John Derringer, uh, that show garnered us a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And then people started listening to us, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in droves, whatever droves mm-hmm. are. So it was fantastic. We should play some of the old funny it bits. Was a very fortunate turn of events. For <laughs> Fine, finally, finally, the guy did something for us. Hi guys. All right, Hi I think guys. this is the last one. Hi guys. Hi guys. No, um, this is your last one. Yes, this is getting somewhat tedious from my uh, standpoint. I think we've discussed it from all angles. The subject matter development on the green belt. It's from Gord. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Um, I'm going to skim down and get to the bottom of it. And uh, it scored some. It's his suggestion. The only viable plan to get more housing in the short term is to advance municipal growth plans that are serviceable by existing or planned infrastructure, which could include increased density. Mm. This also prevents the impact to landowners who paid a premium to live next to underdeveloped land from having their land uh, value uh, destroyed. Uh, this is from YYZ uh, Gord. Uh, Personally, I, I, I'm tired of talking about it. You know, I've said all along, yes, there's there's two parts to this story. There's the corruption of uh, the land developers. I understand it. And then there's the long-term plans for 2 million acres 
this close to Toronto, which eventually will have to be sacrificed on some level, and only time will tell. That's all I have to say. You know what I, you know what I have to say? Yeah, like, fuck, what? They, they ain't making any new land. They, they ain't making any, new, any land. new land. Yeah. So, and again, the, one of the things I heard, look at all these strip malls. Look at all these strip malls in Toronto. Why, you know, just go to them. They're, they're one, they're one um, story tight. Uh, build on top of them. Okay. I've lived in this uh, space. I'm in the city, west end of the city. And uh, in seven years, I've seen a lot of development and it is uh, a lot. It's all of a similar kind. It's vertical. There's three or four projects that are underway now. All vertically uh, integrated into the landscape. There's not a lot of and actually I saw a stat this morning. I don't have it in front of me, but. Toronto home sales are down. There's not. I don't think there's as much mm-hmm. non-vert in the city. I would say there's not a lot of new. What what I see a lot in my neighborhood are these little houses that they turn into bigger houses. A lot of that going mm-hmm. on. Sure. In Brampton, there's a. Th- in all, I'm on it. I'm going to be honest with you. Like even neighbor John's house, the people that bought it, they've just put a basement apartment in, and it's great. Isn't that, that that's fantastic? It's going to help them offset their mortgage, but it increases the density of yeah. this neighborhood. And you know, and I could be a bullshit, pretend I'm a bullshit great citizen, going great, more housing for all. No, it's another reason I want to live. I don't want to live in a street where every house has two or three families. Sorry, I don't. And then, and then west of you, you don't have to apologize to me. Yeah, apologize to your to your maker. West of you is, as I mentioned to you after I'd visited you recently, mm-hmm. I'd never seen anything like it. As you, as you head west on Mayfield, it's like a whole world that never existed. And I'm talking about in the time I've been going back and forth to Glen Karen and dropping in on you the odd time. Mm-hmm. In the eleven years that I've been doing that, taking back roads sometimes, man, and those are single family dwellings maybe they have basement apartments but there's a lot of houses being built there a lot of density yeah and there's zero lot lines there's probably a couple of thousand but has mayfield road been been expanded no man no it's still two lanes on the other side of uh ontario so it's a nightmare it, it really, it, it, it's a nightmare. And all these people that say, oh, yeah, higher density, and they come up with all these great solutions. I, I would love to see where they live. It's yeah. so easy to recommend where, what somebody else should do or where somebody else should live. Bullshit. And, and I listen, I saw a lot of the emails that came your way and, I guess, addressed to me by association. I didn't really weigh into it because I always, my default mm-hmm. is, because sometimes I can't see if you've answered. Mm-hmm. And then I realize later, oh, you did answer because I can see their response. Uh, but also, I you know, it's, it's a debate. Like I know, I know nobody in the conversations that we're having is going to do anything about it. Exactly. There's no nothing I'm going to say that's going to affect anything. Anyway, let me finish this last Hi email. Guys. Right on. Uh, this Hi is um, subject line: Trans Radio L M A O. Chris Evans again. No hi, guys, but it's inferred. Hi, guys. I was catching up on a couple missed podcasts while putting paddles together and heard you guys talking about old radios. I think I misheard Fred, and at one point, as I thought him, thought I heard him talking about sneaking his transistor <laughs> and his radio up to his room to listen to music. Say what? 
I had to replay that part. Apparently what he said was a transistor radio and not a transistor and a radio. Still makes me laugh, though, says Chris Evans. He goes on to say, Hope Howard knocked it out of the park at the Danforth. Look forward to hearing about it. Finishes off by saying, cheers, guys. No bowel movement information. No heart rate. But we do appreciate your uh, listening to the show. Chris is a good guy. And I think I've talked about the Danforth. It was a... uh, Even yesterday, I was playing golf with a buddy of mine who's a musician. Plays, uh, you know, a little gig over here at Southside Johnny's. And, you know, he's a guy my age that has a little band that's good enough to play bars. Sure. And uh, I was talking to him about it, you know, about the sound and how what a great experience it was. And he says, I can tell you're you're still buzzing about it a week later. I said, damn right I am. Like it was, you know, it was especially when I can talk to somebody who performs about what a, a good experience it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thanks to everybody who uh, did what they did, which is email us humble and Fred at humble and Fred dot com. Uh, why don't you do? Uh, I think you've got one more uh, sponsor to thank. Do you know? Ah, yes, the Retirement Sherpa. And when you're done, what we'll do is we'll finish off that uh, those sponsors with our good friends at Palma Pasto. But first, here's uh, this man, Frederick. And sweet man, Tim Nimblet. Tim Niblet is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim was by yesterday. Hope you heard it. He talked about secular trends and your portfolio. Again, I'm not going to sit here and... You know, explain all that was said. You might want to go back to yesterday's show, but another indication of how Tim can bring his knowledge to your portfolio and make sure you're on the right track. Again, we go back to all these people are trying to do it on their own nowadays through, you know, those apps and whatever. No, you need, really, if you're going to get serious about this thing for long uh, long term wealth growth, you need a guy like Tim Niblett. And yesterday displayed that. So he'll be back again next Wednesday with more gold. Yeah, gold. You hear what I'm saying? Ounces of gold. Tim.niblet, Tim Tim yeah. Tim.niblet at RaymondJames.ca. By the way, I saw him yesterday, obviously. I was getting some water. <laughs> I turned around. And for people who don't know him, they've never seen him in person. He's a big man. Like, he's big. 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, big present. He's wearing. I don't, I'm colorblind, but I'll just say canary yellow shorts, some mm. kind of flamboyant blue yellow filled with color shirt, and uh, he looked great. I just laughed when I saw him. I said, dude, only you can pull that off. But he did have a, uh, a golf hat on, and on the side, of course, gators. Just a small little gators there somewhere. Anyway. The man loves he his demand. gators. He, he is, demands. He demands and loves his gators. I'll tell you who else is demand. Speaking of the Danforth show, uh, Anthony uh, Petrucci was there along with his beautiful bride, Carmela, from Palma Pasta. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food. Fresh pasta to sauces to prepare take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. Mama Palma's recipes, nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy, using Italian cheese to flour and Italian tomatoes. It really is a unique experience and flavor profile. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. Of course, their signature store is Palma's Kitchen. And all the information at palmapasta.com, including catering throughout the GTA. Are you ready for it, Dan? Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. Pretty good. 
Wow, you're so mean. A little flat. I'd go a little bit (laughs) express. You're so mean. Okay, all right. I'll try it one more time. Fuck me. Yeah. This gives me PTSD from when I was 18. (laughs) I'd literally, I'd have to go on the air. I'd be going on the air. And I had like an hour left to have my lunch before I went to go on. And I'd be doing this with Dan because he was the producer of commercials. And I would go, Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. And he'd go, nah, I need you to do the gear. <laughs> yeah. That taught us both so much those days. <laughs> yes, it did. It taught me how to deal with aggravated guys like you. Yeah. And, uh, which you would have encountered your, the rest of your career because yeah. you are being aggravated. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I think I brought your announcing skills up. Yes, you did. Over time. You know, over time. reading and, you know, emphasizing. And I did pausing. my best. I did yeah. my very and you know, best. You know, you've, you've done very well for yourself, i got to say. Listen, I've turned out the best I try. tried my hardest. Um, I'm fantastic. Hey, Dan, are you going to do some news today? Got some news. Yeah, I got some news. All right. Let me just now, let's go ahead up. and do the news. And Fred and I will have our discussion at some other fire in the future about the Homeland thing. Yeah, please do. Because <laughs> neither of you are going to do anything about it. Well, exactly. You're not going to go into a, a... Are you going to want to... Are you getting on a committee? No. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. On your, I don't want to get into it because you can discuss. No, same here. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I, I no, want to move on. You can I've discuss. My, I've stated my case anyway. All this, yeah. and, and and you stated your case. He stated his case. Mm-hmm. Neither of you, and I say this with respect and love, will do squat about it, but talk about it. So then, what happens? Well, you I don't even know what else. I could do about it other than comment <laughs> on it. But anyway, but you're right. You're right. You're always right. You're right. <laughs> no. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now Live from Lisa's house Rather than complaining and uh, discussing Why don't you just meditate, Dan? Just take up meditation Like go inside Look for the answers inside well, it, uh, you know, that would be an argument that I, you know, I would win all the time. So, you know, there'd be no challenge to that. Because once once you realize that all life is is you is inside of you and how you react to these things and something like this would happen, you'd go, well, that's uh, uh, interesting. I uh, wonder how that will affect me. Oh, it won't. Mm. Then I'll move on. Yeah. What okay. is your what is well, today's story offering? Well, we start with uh, there's so many things. I mean, there's uh, President Trump. Did you know he dropped off the Forbes? Uh, did you talk about that yesterday? No, we, I, somebody saw that story. Yeah, he's, yeah, dri- he's driving him. See that? He's driving him crazy. He, he's dropped off the list of the 400 wealthiest people in America. So that list, he's mm-hmm. 300 million shy right now because uh, he, you know he's had some issues with uh, you know. All the things that he's dealing with, so paying a lot of lawyers and or not paying them, whatever he's he's uh, he's had to uh, to with well they withdrew him and they you know the Forbes are not big on him they keep talking about how much he lies about his net worth and trying to really figure it out and uh, I guess somebody's been I think was somebody who was sued over 
over that as well. No, no. The story was one of the people that worked for him for years who's written a book uh, called, I don't know, Bullshit Tower or whatever. But she was on the news yesterday saying that in the past, when he would when his name was on it, he threatened to sue them because they didn't have him high enough on their own list. He's been disputing how 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 much money he's actually worth for a long time. And um, they, this um, court case that's going on right now by inflating the value of his properties, there's uh, some people suggesting it came from his own vanity of wanting to see himself on those lists. Yeah. So he would make up the numbers to get on those lists because he's such a mental case. It meant... <laughs> So much to see his name on those lists. Like, there's some audio. I wish I still had it in front of me here. Maybe I can find it. But just, I just wrote this down yesterday because here's mental case is a great way to describe it. Because if he were smarter, he'd keep his stupid mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Trump paid taxes on Mar-a-Lago, valued at twenty six million. But he, so it's on the record. He paid the taxes that would be associated with a twenty six million dollar property. Now they say it's worth eighteen million, which is probably undervalued. But he's saying the thing is he's so dumb. He's saying it's actually worth you know uh, ten <laughs> times that or twenty times that, about one point four billion dollars. But hey, stupid, you're on the record only paying taxes on a valuation of twenty six million. You dumb ass. Like there's a great meme that shows uh, uh, an old rickety shack of this is what Mar-a-Lago is valued at a tax time. <laughs> like, fuck. And there he is yesterday in front of the, the, the courthouse basically saying we told he's literally saying out loud. We told the banks uh, that they were worth way less than they were. Dummy. That's fraud. Anyway, that's my and he's also for. he's also attacking the judge that's going to make the judgment on him. Oh, yeah. It Calls is, a racist. Yes. A great, great, uh, great strategy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, the judge isn't a racist in this one. It's the attorney general. Oh, the, the attorney. Yes. Woman, the, the black racist. woman's a racist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because all the black people that want to, um, you know, indict him or charge him are all racists, of course, which sends out a nice signal to his uh, moron base. Mm hmm. Yeah, anyway. But how, how dumb is it? He, he really is dumb. And as you say, mentally unhinged. I think it's more uh, hinged on the unhinged part. <laughs> I mean, he's made, made, uh, dumb, as dumb as you say. It's just that he can't, he can't help himself. Well, I do. I, from all the reports of the people that worked for him in the White House, they do think he's dumb. That he's not mentally. He, has, he doesn't have the mental acuity to understand how government actually works. But he certainly doesn't have the mental acuity to understand... How how tax works because he's all because mm-hmm. it is official. He's he's telling people it's worth one point four billion when he only paid tax on a valuation of twenty six million. Imagine There's a being, bit of a gap, a bit of a gap there. Imagine being his lawyers. What that must fucking be like. Mm-hmm. It's like well, another one just quit. Another one just quit. Well, I know. Oh no, no, why. it's Giuliani. Giuliani's lawyer quit. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I mean, that's why he has trouble getting them, too. It's like, oh, people are going, yeah, do I want that profile? But look what I'm going to have to go through. Yeah, maybe not. Dan, uh, we're about to, uh, you know, shut down for the Humble and Fred super long weekend because, uh, you know, Thanksgiving. Do you have another yeah. story you'd like to favor us with? Yeah, I'd like to talk about the, uh, the uh, other guy that's uh, in the White House. Commander. Cannot remander. The remainder. I, I, I blew that. 
Commander cannot remain in the White House. Here, somehow the dog, Commander, who has taken a, a bite out of at least 11 people, was still <laughs> biting around the White House up until this week. This it's is a Biden's dog? dog. Biden's dog. Oh, it's Commander. a two-year-old dog. It was moved off the White House campus. Uh, future yet to be determined. I know what I would do. But if this somehow sounds familiar, remember, Biden had another dog, Major, was also involved in biting incidents at the White House. And he was moved out of the White House as well in 2021. In fact, a year ago, a Secret Service agent was actually hospitalized from a commander biting. And it was not dealt with then. So a year later, finally, well, okay, I guess we have to... Uh, more than 11 times this dog has bitten Secret mm-hmm. Service people, you know, and, and that's the reported, the reported times of the guy that this dog is yeah. bitten. I, I don't get it. You know, and it's funny, again, right wing media, how they like to talk about this story and somehow connect it to why are these dogs biting? What kind of environment do they live in that these dogs and this one in particular wants to bite people? What? Like it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. It's anything again, you know. And, hey, listen, it is a long weekend. Before we go, can we just mention the Jim Jordan thing? Well, no, we'll get to it. We're not, I'm, I'm, not, oh, okay. I'm not shutting shit down yet. Oh, I, here's okay. what I would say. I would rather have a dog that bites 11 people be the president than fucking Donald Trump. <laughs> just say that right now. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll tell you what. I've got a great thing. Why don't we do this little talk about, and, and of course, we'll get to Toronto, Mike. We'll talk a little bit about Jim Jordan, and then as a palate cleanser, I've got a politician that I can vote for from the United States. I've got some audio I want you to hear, okay? Okay. No, I was just going to say, you know, Kevin McCarthy ousted as uh, Speaker of the House uh, in the United States. I mean, he himself was a weak little weasel, um, you know, Trump sycophant. But now, uh, those... Um, that want to replace him are stepping forward. And amongst them is uh, Jim Jordan. Now, if there's anyone that's more vile than Kevin McCarthy, it would be Jim Jordan. And I thought just how fitting he would be as the Speaker of the House for this actual Congress and Donald Trump, if he was eventually to be the president again. You know, I mean, he's just a disgusting human being who, you know, he voted he voted for you know, discounting the election. Anything Trump wants, he's into. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Trump is a convicted rapist. And Jim Jordan, well, at Ohio State University, had students come to him and say they were being sexually abused. But that would be biz- bad business for Jim Jordan at the time. So he ignored them. He let pedophilia take place mm. under his watch. So I'm thinking, what a perfect guy to be Speaker of the House for this sitting government. Do you not think? And he's got a great chance because uh, here's I'm reading. Mm-hmm. A, I'm, I'm reading a tweet from that twit, Matt Gates, my mentor, mm-hmm. my mentor. Matt Gates, by the way, also being investigated for uh, sexual uh, impropriety with yeah. uh, and sex trafficking. My mentor, Jim Jordan, would be great. Just a like a pack of scumbags. They just all stick together. Like it's and, and by the way, remember Jim Jordan also asked for a pardon. So did Kevin McCarthy. Oh yeah, like a proactive one. Yeah, yeah. And he charged with anything. Wanted a pardon. just wanted a pardon for. Uh, and, and that's the other thing. Like whatever comes out in this uh, investigation, at some yeah. point, yeah, 
Uh, anyway, yes, that's it. So before we get to Toronto Mike, well, Toronto Mike, uh, I'll, should I introduce Toronto Mike and just have him? He likes to hang out and just be like cool. He's uh, Canada's most prolific, one of Canada's most prolific podcast uh, creators. Almost as long as the OGs, H and F. He is the producer of this program and the producer of some uh, unique and esoteric content on his own. He is indeed T-O-M. You going to say hi in your loud microphone? Yeah, I, I brought it down. Is it okay? It's beautiful. I've learned my lessons. I, I was kind of surprised you didn't uh, bicycle over to the Danforth Music Hall to watch the Hellman uh, rip it up with Jeremy Haunts. I actually would have done that. I think I had a conflict. I had something else I had to right. attend. But I wanted to be there. I just thought it was a very Toronto thing for you to do. Okay, so here's, before we get to uh, Mike and what's going on with our program, what's going on with his program, I picked this out. I uh, This was during, you know, the Republican Party is so horny to impeach Joe Biden and try and figure out something, some impropriety. Is that the word? Impropriety? Mm-hmm. With uh, his dad, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden and his father, etc. And there's a uh, a woman. Her name is Ms. Crockett, and I don't know much else about her except she's a congressperson. And she's at this inquiry, and uh, she's talking to one of the like. I guess they brought in a bunch of witnesses to try and find a way, a reason to impeach the president. This is her reaction. I heard them say, if, since we've been sitting here for I don't know how long. Yes, I, I, um, I've been taking a tally. Oh, okay. Can you um, show us? Can you so tell us what the tally is? More than 35 times the Republican witnesses and Republican members of the committee have used the word if. Thank you so much um, for that. Because honestly, if they would continue to say if or Hunter and we were playing a drinking game, I would be drunk by now. Because I promise you, they have not talked about the subject of this, which would be the president. But let me tell you something that was so disturbing as I walked in to this chamber today. As I prepared, I said, what is the crime? Because when you're- Sorry, your name is Jasmine Crockett. She's the uh, Democratic uh, congressperson from Texas. Talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. And I, I can't seem to find the crime. And honestly, no one has testified of what crime they believe the president of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence... She's showing up a picture of the uh, all the documents in uh, Mar-a-Lago's bathroom. They want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the shitter to me. <laughs> this looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments. Let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets, seven counts related to obstructing the investigation, three false statements, one count of conspiracy to defraud the United States, falsifying business records, conspiracy to defraud the United States, two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings, one count of conspiracy to violate civil rights, 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements, eight 
counts related to soliciting. And I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally. And that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Until they find some evidence, we need to get back to the people's work, which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States. And I will yield. So good, this woman. Mm -hmm. And she's young, too. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what she's got to be. Max, I don't know if you saw it, Mike, like 35 years old. (laughs) She lies love when she holds up. Looks like evidence in the shitter. (laughs) <laughs> no it was great that was great man mm-hmm. little palate cleanser so you know at least there is some hope because not everyone's buying all this bullshit okay well uh, we're done uh, so um the holiday is uh monday yep happy thanksgiving everybody we can't we respect thanksgiving we, we respect it too much to work on monday nobody's working monday this well, is well, that, that's why we we don't either <laughs> and Howard, I assume you're not having turkey because you don't like the taste of it. No, I'm having or turkey. You think it's flat or whatever? No, I am. What I'm having turkey. Thing? I'm having turkey. Turkey meat you think sucks. It's overrated. It is whatever. overrated. It tastes terrible. But I'm having it. I'm doing it. Uh, okay. And uh, and what day are you guys? I'm doing mine on uh, Monday. What about you? I think so too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Mike, do you have some Filipino dishes as well in your home? Actually, no, there's this surprising lack of Filipino dishes, but we are doing it Sunday because Michelle is here from Montreal, and on uh, Monday, she's off to Ottawa to see a, like a concert, so we're going to do it all Sunday with Michelle. And Very nice. Did she not break her arm or something? Okay, so yes. that's Morgan. Okay, so. Oh, okay. Right. So, Michelle's the 19-year-old uh, going to school in Montreal. Morgan, the 7-year-old, broke her. Actually, with your permission, I'll put the x-ray on the Humble and Fred uh, Facebook feed because it's kind of mind-blowing. Mm. It was in two spots. So you know how you have two bends in your arm, like your wrist and your elbow? She got a new one in the middle. It's uh, wild. Awesome. Yeah. Because two breaks in the bone, so there's a bend between wrist and elbow. It's, man, when I saw it, I was like, I, I felt queasy. It's like, you're not supposed to have a bend there, but no. uh, yeah. So. How did it happen? You know, at a, the school playground, there's monkey bars, and she was swinging, and then she oh. fell, and it's snapped in two places, and uh, she's in a cast for like six weeks. But did she have to get any metal put in or anything? Or is mm. it just no the- metal. They but they have to. They put her to sleep. It Aww. sounds like she's a dog or something. <laughs> they put her to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> they put her down, Dan. It was her, it's like, mm. like like commander. The like commander should be put down. Mm. Yeah. Mm. They shoot horses, don't they? Okay, mm. so they put her to sleep and then they reset it. Like they have to break it to get it reset before the cast. Uh, but you know what? She's not in pain. Like surprisingly, she was not in pain. It just so it actually the only pain was me looking at it. Yeah. No, I get that it. That stuff hurts the parents way more. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Charlie, uh, I can't remember if she broke a bit of her collarbone or something like that around, how old's Morgan? Seven. So Charlie would have been like 10, 11, 12. And we had to go to emergency and they couldn't put it back in place. Maybe it was her shoulder and they had to put her out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was fucking tough to watch, dude. 
Yeah, but, so they do a procedure to reset it, and then they put her in a cast, and then she gets another cast Tuesday. But she's just adapting to like living with one one arm. I had to help her with her muffin this morning. It was quite a challenge. Oh, papa, papa, papa. This, you know, in this um, newer generation of bubble wrap society in which we, live, you know, a lot of these things were taken. Not for granted, but more in stride than they are now, um, for whatever reason. But I'm old school that way. Like even yeah. I was to the teacher last night, and I was like, she was like, "Oh, do you want to speak to the person who witnessed it?" And I was like, "Like I broke my leg at a playground accident when I was in grade two. It's like this is actually like the kind of injury you don't worry about because this is like a kid playing at a playground. Yeah. It's not like another kid came and took a, like a, a crowbar to her leg. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what, what was that? Jeff Galulied her. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm actually kind of like in a charming way. Like this is an old school kids accident yeah, in a yeah, playground. And shit happens. I, I broke my right wrist twice and my left wrist once as a kid, like all between like five and oh, ten sorry. years old. I'm glad. I thought you were going to say because you're jerking off so much. <laughs> um, I, I see, The first time I got stitches. No, I didn't get. I, I had a I was playing hockey out at the outdoor rink and my older brother was home. But I got a big giant uh, what do they used to call those? Uh, goose egg mm-hmm. over my eye. Neither of my parents were home. And at no point were we going to call and find out where they were. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine, you know, uh, one of your grandkids came home and had an injury. Like, it would be an all points oh. bulletin. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, guys, you should have just put a stake on that. <laughs> we, uh, we, we forgot something. I didn't forget it. I just wanted to do it at the end of the show. And uh, that is this. After weeks of many, many peoples entering this contest, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. An opportunity. What are those, hub, hubcaps or something? What, what's this this is fanfare, Dan. The oh. gong. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought there was like banging hubcaps or something. Okay, now we got it. Okay. <clears throat> I, I should start again because. <laughs> Because you've completely ruined this. No, I'm kidding. Um, With an opportunity to rent, not rent, but to be given a weekend courtesy of rentelectric.ca. And then hopefully we can talk after about your experience. And uh, really thanks to everybody who entered. There really was a lot of response. People are very curious about the world of electric vehicles. And uh, we would like to congratulate Dave Ryan, everybody. Dave Ryan. You got to be in it to win it. And he did. If you don't buy a ticket. So, Dave Ryan, uh, we'll get a hold of you. And, uh, and uh, what I, uh, yeah, it's really, I'm really hoping to uh, get a chance to talk to Dave and hear about their experience uh, renting electric if you want one yourself by the way if you want to experience it we have a a, a a promo code for if you want 40 bucks off your rental it's humble ev i get you 40 dollars off call 1-800-387-9391 um okay boys dan where will you be i guess you're uh you're just part of the uh, girlfriend lisa fabric you're gonna meet her parents you're gonna kill a turkey what yeah. do you guys do yeah that's happening on sunday and uh 22 she just told me at uh, 22 people Wow. I'm going to be there, of which I don't know. I don't know how many I'll know. Wow. So don't injure any of them, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. 
<laughs> does, does Lisa, you, have you guys been together long enough where she will not well, not chastise, but like warn you before you go, hey, Dan, like don't eat all the hors d'oeuvres or don't, you know, spill shit on people or. No. No. The shrimp, the shrimp ring, Dan, is for everyone, not just you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She does. She does protect herself around me, though. Sometimes she, she anticipates that I'm going to hurt her. She has like a welder shield on when you guys eat. <laughs> well, she puts her hands up. Well, not so much eating, but you know, mm. if the, if it's her hand, you know, or shield, or backs away, or something when she thinks I might do something that might hurt her. Oh, so you know. Anyway, what's that? Well, good luck with it all. Oh, I've met. I've, apparently, I have met them all. Mm-hmm. I, ho- I oh, hope nice. I remember their names. That's what happens. You get sort of morphed. You get sort of molded into somebody else's family. I went through it, you know. Dan, go to Costco, get those name tags, and just as people come in, get them to write their name on. <laughs> That's sorry. fine for a man your age. You just explain to them, I'm losing my mind, no. and I want to be able to communicate. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, go to Costco and, and get your own shrimp ring in that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hide it in your bedroom or something. <laughs> Just, why is that man sitting there with his own shrimp ring? Oh, it's a long story. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand shrimp ring uh, distribution. Well, listen, everybody. Enjoy uh, this stat holiday, which is uh, great. Um, um, it is the beginning of the end, though. You know, after this, it just gets cold. And then it's no. Hey, you know what I'm doing tomorrow night? Tell no. us. You want to know fire. what I'm doing tomorrow? Well, yeah, that, so, that was the yeah, pause. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fuck, shopping you want for help? Halloween candy. Uh, planning do you want a letter? No. I'm going to, uh, for the first time ever, I'm going to BMO Field, and I'm, I, I've bought a half a dozen tickets to take my family to an Argonauts game. Truly the most entertaining sports franchise in the city right now. Nice. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm taking Johnny Slapshot wanted to see a football game, so I'm taking he and May and the parents and me and Dollar. We're going to go and cheer on our Argos. Got to sit outside, right? Yes. Tomorrow night here in the city, it will be around 6 o'clock. It'll be 18 degrees and uh, not bad through the game. 16 going down to 15 by 9 o'clock, so everyone has to dress Plus, it's cold. By the way, that's a 15 degrees right, right down by the water. So, Yeah, and um, precipitation. Those The stands are covered there. At, uh, Doesn't look. By, by the time Friday afternoon to the evening comes, there's no uh, call for precipitation. But it will be. I'll tell you, dude, 15 degrees down by uh, that field will be cool. So maybe you wear a long underwear. This will be the first, first chance for you to wear long underwear this season. I'll wear a parka. I've seen soccer matches in February in that, uh, that venue. So Yeah. I actually thought that's where he was going because I've seen soccer matches there too. It's a fantastic experience. Yeah, again, I've never ever been in that stadium, and it's it's odd, it's an oddity, but uh, that changes tomorrow. All right. Well, what are all the chance? What are all the chances? Are like, let's go Argos? Is that that? No, it's Argos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's also alumni night, so. A lot of old Argos are coming back, That'll which be will titillate me because I've always liked the Argos. You should be on the field as a guy that used to cover the Argos. They should honor you as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> How we, before we wrap up for the Humble and Fred Long weekend, can I just remind your Hundy Peas? Yes. Uh, I uh, eagerly uh, seek their audio. So just like Jen Kelly did, just record yourself, but... Not playing rooster sounds, but yeah. talking about a song that reminds you of Humble and Fred, like 30 to 60 seconds. 
and then just send it to Mike at TorontoMike.com. This uh, MP3 or M4A, I don't care, but just send the audio that you recorded to me because uh, we talked about it last week and I got precisely two entries and I had hopes for uh, at least uh, 10 times as many. Okay. So well, you know, Mikey, and, and send me a note on the show notes and I'll remind everybody to do that. Yeah, uh, we should. Dan, uh, somebody suggested a, uh, a daily feature since you won't be interviewed by the great Toronto Mike that we set up a regular feature once a week, you know, when, and we call it Danicdotes. Yeah. And the Danicdote of the day would be, you know, something like, Hey, Dan, why don't you tell the story of when we wouldn't let you hold the joint on that apartment building in Maui? <laughs> you know, and then Fred would say, hey, Dan, why don't you tell the anecdote about the time that you did this thing? And then it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, okay. or you could come up with a, your own anecdote about the time you found all your clothing on the front lawn of the apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's... Uh... That one's a little tender still. So. Sure. Or we could tell the anecdote um, of the time that you and I went to buy drugs and some sketchy area of San Francisco. And you said to me while we were in the car waiting for the dealer to come out of the house, are we going to be killed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, that was led by you. So oh, no. That I was definitely. Funny. That would be a caper Howard boss. Howard, Howard note. But you were there. Um, I was. Right. Yeah. All right, everyone. Listen, enjoy your long weekend. Stay safe and healthy. And hopefully uh, we will all be back here next Tuesday. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does writing a review. So go ahead, say something nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, as we give thanks for turkeys this weekend, exuberant eating is authorized. So gobble it up, talk with your mouthfuls, and enjoy every core damn day. In the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, and just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?